millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up, everyone? Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Talkup Moments. Season two, I must say, has been an absolute blast. Now we're switching things up a little bit. My friend from before, before <laughs> my longtime friendship. Uh, people don't know how close we used to be. Mm-hmm. Every year, I got a birthday cake from Chef Eros. Every single year, uh, and each cake always got better and better and bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I remember how you used to just go all out and decorate this cake and I would always get it November 3rd. Yeah. If I've never said thank you to you, my friend, because those little gestures just made me feel really, really loved. Thank you. My pleasure. And now my I pleasure. have you on my couch. Welcome. I know. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice know? to catch you up know? with you. I know. You look great. <laughs> you look great too. You're now a foreigner. <laughs> well, I'm still a Legoshan. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was a six months. I'm going away for six I months. I thought so okay. too. I'll just be gone for six months. I I'll be right so back. Too, and then it's been two, three years? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. And it flew by so quickly. And you've done so much. By the grace of God, you know. Literally uh, the grace of Nigerian... God and the culture. I have to tell you, the culture was the thing, though. The culture. Like, it was not for the culture. We have been sitting back and watching, asking ourselves, what's going on? I know. Are we going to do this? <laughs> but the culture really helped, man, because especially when I really embodied the culture myself, mm. you know, um, a lot of things happened very quickly. Um, and I'll start with the pandemic. The yes. pandemic changed a lot. I agree. For me in particular, um, I've been, I've been going, like people are my friends who have been calling me BC, Bologna chef, BC, Bologna chef, you know, um, but I never really taken it on seriously. I just, it just was just like mm-hmm. a nickname, right? And then um, just before the pandemic, um, uh, just before my birthday, I went on a trip in February. So mm. uh, my birthday is February the 28th. So uh, two weeks before that, I went on a trip um, and I went to Côte d'Ivoire. Yeah. Uh, but it was an all expenses paid trip. I was going with a brand. Like it was, mm. it was like really because like. you were literally one of the people, I mean, don't mean to cut you short, but it, in the emergence of this chef, chef culture in Nigeria, mm-hmm. um, 
you were one of the very first, very first people absolutely. who started to make this thing seem like, because I remember back then you put together all these events and have like gourmet meals and mm-hmm. Nigerians would be like mm-hmm. this gourmet thing that mm-hmm. when you go, it's like mm-hmm. always very tiny. Fine, I know, I know. And then you guys <laughs> will now find those fancy names for mm-hmm. Eforiro and something. Mm-hmm. I just call it Rose something. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is Eforiro and this. Yeah. You were one of the first people who had that thing where you know, they just said to, for your event to be complete, you need a chef mm-hmm. because people would just have local caterers mm-hmm. before. Correct, correct. And then there was a culture of if you want to ha- dine with friends, you can have a private chef coming. Correct. And I remember you used to host a lot of that and then you opened a restaurant correct, as correct. well. You correct. used to invite people. It was such a, a little space yeah. that, you know, it's like come and try. Every Sunday or something, you used to do something back then. Yeah, it used to be on Friday. So I would yes. do something on Friday. We call it bougie, the bougie Fridays. And I'll have people come by and they'll do a tasting with the menu. And at the time, I was really using it to practice and to sort of get, because when I started doing gourmet food, as we call it, um, and I was I was focused on Nigerian food, right? Mm. Um, it wasn't something that had been done by anyone per se, mm. right? So I had, there was a lot of learning to go into how do we make Nigerian food um, internationally recognized? How mm. do we make Nigerian food look the same way you would see uh, uh, food at French Laundry or, you know, you go to a, a high-end restaurant and the food looks well-plated, you know, all the elements are deconstructed and each element is celebrated, celebrated and is shining mm. you know so I had to go through all of that and you guys didn't realize that you were my scapegoats we were because then it was like every time we get these messages every weekend as I said Friday and I remember always coming by and the menu used to blow my mind because I'm like ah this is a goosey wow yeah. you do it a in such a way you know we'll turn the the, the uh, what's it called the, the vegetable into some sort of like dehydrated into like a dehydrated vegetable and put it on top yeah. you know and just make it look good but you know the thing is like my journey started a long long time ago a lot of mm. people didn't know this but um, I was 21 when I owned my first restaurant in, in Lagos really? um, La Saison just uh, off, off Awola Road Rimon I remember Joku. that one uh, I was downstairs. 21 yes downstairs I knew that one um, yeah. it used to be Kicks by Tosa yeah. um, and, and that was my first intro into the food business at the mm. time I was studying international business management in university and uh, my mother wanted to open a restaurant so I came back to help her write the business plan and open the restaurant and I just fell in love with it bear in mind I'd been working in the UK mm. I was studying in, in school while I was in school I was working a lot so I'd worked as a restaurant I worked in the restaurants as a waiter I'd worked as a, my first job was actually a bartender mm. you know and I think that was my introduction to flavors and the, what what you can do to bring several flavors together and create an experience in a glass mm. you know and I just really loved hospitality I loved hosting people and so from my first restaurant then into the bakery cookie jar and then from cookie jar uh, into Eros and Gourmet that's where I catering. got my cake from every yes, year yes um, Eros and Gourmet catering and then I guess a couple years later I decided that I wanted to really push Nigerian food forward mm. and mm. so we opened Ile Eros which is an authentic Nigerian restaurant with a modern twist and the space was designed as a house of a well-traveled Nigerian family mm. that's like passionate about like music arts and culture and so we made the space look like you were going into someone's home mm. you know literally like someone's home you know and and it did very well it's still around very much so um so it's what five six years old now yeah, since well 2018 done. you know yeah, but the pandemic really did change a lot yeah. for me, you know, because as I was saying, I, was, I went on this trip and before I got on the flight, I changed, I thought to myself, ah, this trip is giving billionaire chefs stuff, mm. you know? So I changed my name on Instagram from Chef Eros to the billionaire chef. Bear in mind before that, as Chef Eros, I had requested verification and everyone was getting verified. You were getting verified. I was like, ah, what was my own now? Why am I not getting, at least I won't have, at the time I probably had like 15K followers or something. Yeah. I'm like, ah, so people that won't have less than me, they are verified. Now why Instagram is saying there's something that's not special there's something that yeah. I changed my name on that before I got on the flight to the billionaire chef I got on the flight switched my phone off 
I got off the flight, switched my phone on, and you it was very, very tired. tired. There was no going back. Power in the tongue. Yes. And for me, that was was speaking into existence. For those who watched me closely, everything about me changed. Mm. The way I dressed changed. The way I started to... Everything about me changed. Because I I had to ask myself, how does... Who is a billionaire chef, first of all? First of all, this billionaire chef is African as fuck. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, he's a culinary entertainer. You know, and and he loves to tell stories. Mm. And 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 he, he definitely loves his fashion, mm. you know. So I had to put all of those things together and build the personality mm. of a billionaire chef mm. and hence the move. Wow. I'm so into <clears throat> this Delulu face where everyone's saying being you're being delusional, but I've seen people like you, because I remember we used to have so many conversations on WhatsApp and you were so passionate about not changing how authentic you were mm. and how everything had to tell a story because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. like a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like I remember all those messages where you'd be like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I sat back the other day and I looked and I said, you're actually doing every single yeah. thing yeah. you said you I mean, but that's what faith is really and truly. Yeah. If you think about it, faith is really believing in something that is not yet seen, but you also have to really do believe in it. Mm. You have to walk in the line. And I always say the thing about names. Names are very powerful. You know why? Because it's the one word that somebody's going to say to you the most. Oof. You're going to hear that more than anything else. Your name. So if you don't, your main name doesn't have a meaning mm. and you don't attach a meaning to it, then you're just wasting the word. Because many people these days, all these Oimbos that will just name their children Apple, Orange. And now they become I'm Apple like, and Orange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, me, when I think about when I eventually have a child, I already have a name. Uh, of course. Baby, I already have a name. The name came to me one evening, sat on my balcony and I got the name of my son. I know my son's name. Yeah. I know when I pray for my for my kids, I don't pray, Father Lord, my children. I call my son's name. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like, come to mommy. Like I And I, that child I is going to come. And when a child does come, you'll find you'll be surprising how that child will have the characters that you've envisioned. Because mm-hmm. you have been imagining it. You have been speaking it into existence. You're speaking into your existence over and over and again. And the universe is hearing. God is hearing. Do you understand? God is the universe, mm. you know? And that's why they say, oh, positive thoughts, negative thoughts, it's all the same thing. It's mm. like literally your energy that you're putting out. Look at me now. Billionaire chef, billionaire chef, billionaire chef, now nah, it don't happen. <laughs> so, you know, COVID was a very interesting, I say this to, to, I was just talking about this like last week, how COVID literally changed the world. It did. And prior to COVID, there were signs that there was going to be a change. Yes. I remember when I was, you know, still on radio and we'll have these meetings and everyone was talking about going digital and traditional media dying. Mm-hmm. And I remember in those meetings, they used to say that in eight years, traditional media would eventually die. And people would be like, oh no, regardless of this social mm-hmm. media thing people are it's doing, just it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. Like people will still respect newspapers. I know people that if they don't read newspapers, buy their breakfast. They, and I thought, uh, uh, uh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And COVID happened. And exactly that prophecy. Mm-hmm. We Even now, my mother reads her newspaper on Online. her tablets. You know what's so weird? It burst so many careers. Oh, yes. COVID was also the point where a lot of people were with time and nothing but time. To think about what exactly this yeah. they wanted to do, a how they were going to apply them. To, of course not. Because a lot of people realized then that they were miserable at work. Yes. And there were other things that they could do that would bring them joy. And then they realized that they could buy money. Yes. 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 The, the influencer game uh, changed. changed though. Before uh, COVID, there were influencers that you knew that, okay, this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you have to almost search for them. Mm-hmm. After COVID, everybody and their mother 
At home. The one thing though is that offices have to create an environment that allows for checks and balances yeah. during that whole work from home culture. Yeah. Yeah. Because people sometimes don't just really take the they, mickey. They just take the <laughs> mickey. <laughs> so let's talk about the move. What made you because I know we used to talk about it back then about you wanting to um, you know, make this move. So, I mean, I studied international business management. Yeah. I'd always imagined myself working across different borders. Mm. It's always been my dream to have businesses across different borders. Mm. Now, I found myself in the culinary space, right? And I, I, I tagged myself a culinary entertainer. And so what that meant was that I had to use food to entertain people, mm. you know? And then I think in 2016 was when I really started to travel. And I traveled, every time I would travel, I would travel with food. I would host dinners with my friends that would, well, you know how we go as a group. You know, everybody, you know, puts money together. We get a villa, you know, and it's part of the experiences of all the things that we're going to do. One of them is that I'm going to host a dinner, mm. right? And when I do host the dinner, I would, I would create this environment, you know, set the table, I'll play the music, I'll tell the stories. And people really tapped into it. In 2019, I did the exact same thing in Los Angeles where I hosted a dinner for friends and family and everyone absolutely just loved the experience. So when I went back in 2020, after the pandemic was lifted, I went on holiday. This was mm. real time, real holiday. I was literally just going like on I'm holiday. Going, I'm, I'm just gone for what, like, six months? It was even three months, you know, and yeah. then I extended it for an extra three months, you know. Um, and during that time, I'd hosted like a few friends over, I'd hosted a few things at my friends' houses, and it was just like just things to just get mm. people to experience. I was at a the house culture. party in LA, and there were like celebrities, mm -hmm. like a couple of celebrities that were there. Mm -hmm. I went and found out I was from Nigeria. They said to me, oh, we just attended a culinary or gourmet. They must have come to the, the private dining room or in whatever. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they said to this Nigerian guy, and they started talking about your jollof rice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know him. That was a bragging moment for me. <laughs> Even though I was vexing for you, I didn't invite him because I was in LA. <laughs> I didn't know you were in LA. You'd be coming into town and not be hitting me up. Boy, like. You're Antiwa. <laughs> I'm watching you before. I'm watching you before. There's no people are now going there. And I'd be like, hey, I was like, oh. and I was like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> but at that moment I brought you I was like well, that's my boy <laughs> and I think um, and they were talking about how you know the food was so good and you know the culture which you touched on but the truth is the food is really good Nigerian food I mean you yourself when mm -hmm. you go outside Nigeria don't you look for Nigerian we, food we miss Nigerian eh? you'll be looking for Nigerian food like yeah. like because yeah. the food is just that good yeah. you know there's something really soulful about our food it's very bold I think very it carries our flavor. culture as well I'm how proud we are about it it does it does you know and so what happened after that was you know after the holiday was coming to an end I really looked at you know my career and I thought to myself I was at the time I was trying to open a restaurant in Abuja you know and I looked at it and thought to myself is that really the next best move I, I started getting a lot of like um, in, inquiries people saying hey we want to bring you here we want to do events with you and obviously I was, an, I was a visitor so I wasn't taking on, on anything because mm -hmm. I mean I'm not breaking any rules no. you know yeah. you know. so um, I got a guy um, a, a, an organization my dream big club Sean Phillips who which, uh, walked up to me and said look Eros this thing that you're doing is not is not a small thing like mm -hmm. I, I don't think you realize how many people want to access the culture want to access the food want to learn about it and the way you are you're doing it you're not just telling people to come and eat mm -hmm. you're using it as a moment it's like a history lesson yeah. 
Yeah. Do you understand? And yeah. so um, we petitioned for what I just found, what I found out then to be a visa called the O-1 visa. Mm. Aliens of Extraordinary Abilities. I first thought to myself, who came up with this shit? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I mean, I'm looking at you like, what? What? I didn't know that. But it's a real thing. It's a real visa, you know? And and so we, we, we so found, who, we got... Who, who are the people who qualify for it? Like creatives? Creatives. Creatives, okay. people who are, you know... Um, setting trends who are trailblazing and have been doing it for time and there's a track record mm. it's not just oh I just turned out I'm just a, I, I'm not a chef and I can do I, I hope to be able to no 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 it's not a hope to mm. you have to show what you've been able to do and if you look at my track record from the age of 21 to where I was at the time I think I was 33 at the time I'd done so much at that time I probably released what 12 different brands mm. you know everything from cookie jar even to puff puff boutique breakfast at Eros I just keep popping I out different things you remember that breakfast by Errors. That breakfast at Eros. I was I did it for six for months. Things, yeah, so six months like this. Bye. I, I was just get a message from Tolu early in the morning. Sis, I'm sending this. I'm doing. I'm trying to do that. I'm just sending this. I, I've just puff, puff. I was your guinea pig for mm-hmm. all your for, enterprise. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know. And so, um, so my, my lawyer looked at it and figured, you know, this. He looked at it and immediately saw it. it was like this is the this is a good case. Like you are definitely an O one candidate, right? And so, um, we put all the documents together and applied for it. And in record time. When I say record time, so the first step was you needed to get a verification from the um, Culinary Federation in America that you're an alien of extraordinary ability. It usually takes two weeks. Mm. They put mine in. I remember because we were at Basel um, in December, the first week of December, they put mine in um, in the morning at eight o'clock. At 1 p.m., my lawyer hit me up saying, your verification just came back. We've never seen anything like that. Wow. Right? And so immediately we submitted a petition right after that. And then I got it in January, which again was record timing. And right after that, the first thing I needed to do was get a place. And you know, Los Angeles is not a cheap city. Ugh, tell me about <laughs> you know how much rent is in Los Angeles? Hey. My rent one month is somebody's rent one year. As in. Eh? <laughs> so I first said to myself, for me to be able to live here, I need to be able to maintain, afford it. Yes. Maintain it. I mean, I... I have expensive tastes, yes. you know? So, um, but I, 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 you know, I'm always one of those, like I go big or go home. Again, yeah. the billionaire yeah, chef. I think you that's know? one of the so, things we have in common. Yeah, like, so, like we had to do it big or... All right, there's no point. Yeah. You know, so um, I started looking for a place. I found a perfect location, a live workspace, which meant that I could actually work and live in the same space. Mm. Ah, perfection and its finance. Because even Cookie Jive, remember, in 1004, I lived in 1004. Yeah. I yeah. lived upstairs and my bakery was downstairs. Same thing. I live upstairs and my, my dining table is downstairs. So I created what we initially tagged as a pop-up, a private dining room in a chef's like a chef's living yes. room. It's literally yeah. a chef's table, mm. a true chef's table. And we hosted, we started hosting dinners. We started March the 24th of 2022, which is literally a month and a month and a few days after I'd, I'd gotten the space quickly picked up. Because before I even found the space, I'd already started like yeah. wish, wish, li- wish listing. Yeah. And all of my wish came, came true. true. One by one, oh, whether it's somebody that will gift me or whether I will just get a booking. I, I remember I, like the Super Bowl was coming up. I got a booking for a guy. Congratulations about that. Thanks, actually. man. Thanks. You know, I, I got a booking from a billionaire. He booked me, paid me enough to actually pay for everything on my wish list. That's how I set up my place in Hollywood. And from the day we opened, I had a friend, I have a friend of mine, David Olushaga, who ended mm. up becoming a partner. Um, he knew the landscape of like the culinary space. So he invited a bunch of people and it took off. In less than a month, 
Ilayale was listed as Los Angeles' best pop-up restaurant. Ooh. Right after that, the accolades just kept yeah, coming yeah. in. And our bookings, you could barely get a seat, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and and it was it was small. 16 people, two seatings. We do a sitting at five o'clock where we do four courses, and then we do a sitting at eight o'clock where we do nine courses mm. or seven courses, depending mm. on the menu. And each menu, each season, the menu changes and the menu yeah. is telling different stories. We started off with the back to basics menu, which was literally taking us back to basic Nigerian food. Mm. Ewa going was on the menu, a gege bread was on the menu basically things that you would find on the mm, street suya mm. you know and, and then for the nigerians in diaspora who mm-hmm. had not had access to this thing yeah this was definitely blowing years. their minds because i remember a lot of people used to also do this where they would go with their girlfriends it was a thing mm-hmm. to attend yeah absolutely Lele. absolutely like, as a matter of fact infatuation listed it as the best place to have a birthday party Amazing. You know, at the time, you know, um, and then um, and then the next year just kept going. One year after that, um, I think in December of 2022, um, our Jollof Rice won Infatuation's Best Dish of 2022. Um, I had gone to the chef conference, the mm. LA chef conference. And three weeks before that, Wolfgang Pock, uh, I'm sure everyone yeah. knows Wolfgang Pock. Yeah. He had come to the restaurant, right, the private dining room. And he... He came in, he took pictures, he cut, jumped in the kitchen with me. You know, it was a very fun time. And when I arrived at the conference, my people had bought like front row seats for me. And mm. I, I, but I arrived five minutes late. Mm. And I typically don't like getting there, getting mm. late. So I was trying to like sneak in mm. from where your seat is first all, all the way in front. And then I also came looking like this. Mm. So there was almost and no way to... Sees you, there's always like, who's this guy? Yeah. He's, he was on stage. Wolfgang Paul was on stage. He was hosting a panel. He literally stopped. I was like, ah, my Nigerian friend is here. I tried to sit down. He goes, stand up, stand up, say hello to everybody. And then he went on to talk about like the, the pop-up, his yeah. experience and told everyone to come through. And then obviously the ratings went up again, but then we got invited to open a, a restaurant. Now, at the time I didn't want to open a restaurant. Mm. And this is because I already have a restaurant I'm running remotely, which is obviously but very how, how difficult. But how do you do that? Because I, I wanted to ask Ooh, how you keep the restaurant the open hours, here. Your... The hours. First of all, I've been blessed with an amazing mother. Yeah. So my mother took on acting CEO and she's been acting CEO for over two years now. And bear in mind, she's not a young lady. Mm. She's in her early 70s, mm. right? Um, but also with an amazing team where we're over 30 people who work on the team. And then like I said, COVID taught us a lot. Mm. We learned, we all learned how to work remotely. Mm. The only thing that couldn't happen was that I couldn't physically taste the food to check for quality control but I had trusted mouths here mm. so whenever we will change the menu and the thing is I had I had a team that worked with me for so long one of my chefs has been with me since my first restaurant what I was 20, what 14 years ago so he knows my language mm. when I say I want this and this and this he knows how to balance that and this had been we had perfected it to that point before I left so I was able to like update the menu remotely I was able to check on everything remotely I was able to work with the team remotely and all I just needed to do was tweak my hours, you know, I work sometimes in the middle of the night, I work sometimes in the day, you know, I just found a balance that mm. works with, but you know, the time difference is eight, nine hours. LA is a it's, difference, it's, like, it's like, you have to almost forget here, so sometimes. you trying to do both, it's absolutely incredible, my <sighs> friend. Listen, because listen, not Because when you're in LA, you have to forget Africa, it's almost yes, like yes, trying to yes, juggle yes, in the same time like, zone. But I couldn't, because I had so much invested here, I have so much ties here, you know, mm. I have contracts that I have to deliver to regularly. Cookie Jar, for example, is tied to a lot of financial institutions, that we do birthday cakes for. Eros and Gourmet Catering host dinners in some of our billionaires' houses every weekend. Mm. So there's no, there's no 
out. <laughs> like you have to continue. They yeah. don't care whether Eros has gone to LA. Yeah. The food still has to and carry has to on. Taste as good. Yes. And yeah. even when they like they'll get bored at the point they're like, listen, yeah. tell Eros that we need to update this the, menu. I, I want to ask about the menu, because I've always been curious about, you know, chefs and how, you know, I, I find chefs very fascinating, which is why I wanted to have to sit down with you because I feel like it's it's it has a lot to do with handwork coupled with, you know being creative so the brain work never dies because mm-hmm. one menu is great only for a season mm-hmm. you have to keep on refreshing mm-hmm. those menus so mm-hmm. that people keep coming mm-hmm. back and finding mm-hmm. new ways to eat mm-hmm. certain things that they're already used mm-hmm. to eating mm-hmm. so how do you um literally work your menu updating and so, what do you know is going to be a hit and what do you know is not probably going to bang well you have some akara thing as well i mean we're going to a lot we so for me as- for me <laughs> the first thing for me is identity Right. Okay. Um, I think every 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 artist needs to have an identity, right? Um, I found my identity and I know my items. I know mm. my key ingredients in my kitchen. Like the things that are standards. Even if I'm creating any new menu, those things are always going to sneak in there. For example, my Zobo reduction is always going to find its way in there. My lemon curd is probably going to find its neck in there. You know, uh, the little things like that, right? So I have my identity. The next thing is really to choose my path. So for me, my path has always has been and will always continue to be West African cuisine. Right, Nigerian because that's what I know the most, mm. right, and that's what I'm preaching the most. And for me, there's a lot to go through, you know, the, from the east to the west to the north to the south. And I'm a mix of cultures already. My mom is half Edo, half Calabar. My dad is Yoruba. So before I finish even cooking those three different cuisines, Seth, mm. do you understand? Mm. And and then it's not really trying. In terms of for me, I'm lucky. I have a gift. Some people can act. Some people can sing. I can cook. Cook, yeah. You know. So there's. When did there's, you discover that? You had well, in uni, for in uni, okay. Um, that was when I necessity was the mother of my invention. Mm. I needed to cook Nigerian food, and I was in Wolverhampton University, all the way in the West Midlands. There was nobody, I could not find suya, let alone egusi. Mm. I had to call my mother, and t- my mother and my grandmother literally taught me how to cook Nigerian food over the phone. But mm. I caught on very quickly once I understood that it was really a game of ratios. Mm. Understanding the ingredients that go into it and the ratios and at the timing in which you put in things. But then also, my skill grew when I started baking. Mm. Because baking taught me consistency, taught me dedication, taught me precision, taught me timing, taught me environment. Mm. You know, because you have to be conscious yeah, of the environment. About food. It's like, are we talking about building a bridge? This is just <laughs> but it it literally is. Food is a chemical. Cooking. Food is literally chemistry. Yeah. You know, you don't understand that people, the difference between somebody's cake and another person's cake can literally be the temperature of their egg. Wow. Yeah. Can literally be the temperature of the egg. Ain't <laughs> you're getting, you're getting <laughs> Wow. I mean, I don't cook. So all of this is obviously sounding like. Lucky for food. some. I mean, and I've always worried, would I date someone who can cook? I think you always show off in the kitchen. Like, just yeah, but you don't cook now, so you don't need to. You don't yeah, have but I still problem. always feel like, what's wrong with this person? And the day I and they always to... use that things you will show off in too now. now exactly. Right? Say... The day I now try to do something, like your egg is not right. There's no the temperature of the egg. So I've, I've personally had to teach myself not to be that guy. Okay. I never want to be that person who is a party pooper, who is spoiling. You know, I, you, if you go to dinner with me, I'll be the last person to complain about it. Do anything. you go to all the restaurants? Oh, eat? absolutely. I don't, I don't cook for myself. Oh. Yeah, I don't cook for myself. When you, when you finish cooking, you, you don't even have the appetite to eat the food. Well, sometimes. Okay. If I'm hungry, I'll eat. 
Yeah. Right? If I'm cooking for us, mm-hmm. I will definitely eat, mm-hmm. right? Um, if I'm cooking for a group and it's a party, I've gone through a whole day of cooking, I'm probably not going to have the appetite to eat that. I probably want something else. And that's because, you know, the thing about it is our nose smells a lot. Like, we have more taste buds in our nose than we have on our tongue. Mm-hmm. Our tongue can only taste spicy, salty, sweet, you know, but our nose can taste so much more. And Do you what know happens, when I realized that, so it's a question short, was when COVID happened to me. We oh yeah, when you didn't have your nose, the yeah. that you could not we now... actually take that for granted. Yeah, we don't. They gave me plantain and it tasted like sawdust, and I realized that the sense of I couldn't even smell it. Yeah. So I realized what makes my like, me excited to eat is actually me nose. smelling it first yeah. mm-hmm. before I even taste it. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a house, you smell the kitchen, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, this obonos. And then your eyes nice. is next though before you taste it. Hey. Your eyes are sending signals to your brain and already telling your brain what to expect in terms of taste wow. and texture. Wow. Without you even knowing. Right? So that's why sometimes some people put things in their mouth and they're pleasantly surprised because they didn't expect it to, to be taste that good. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it didn't look like that. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. And so when you can't, when you when you you, you smell like I've been in the kitchen smelling, 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 it's a sense messages to my brain that I'm eating and especially if I'm constantly drinking water I'm not hungry mm. half the time you're just filling up your belly right and so that's where hunger comes from now I'm smelling and I'm drinking water I feel full now when I get out of that space though give me one hour okay that's how I used to put on weight before was because I was always eating at 11 o'clock 1 o'clock in the morning now I have my strategy mm. before I enter inside the kitchen my jam. I will eat before I enter inside that kitchen so that I don't need to look for it at 11 o'clock. And then I have my snack afterwards that I know, okay, if I get hungry around 7 o'clock, you know, before next service, I have my snack. Mm. That's how I was able to lose weight. So let's talk about building this brand because it's one thing for you to do this just because, you know, I have a hobby for it as a need of necessity, as you said, while you were in university. Mm -hmm. At what point did you know that this was something that you were going to do and... I mean, I know some of the challenges that you've had as, as well, even in Nigeria, trying to just set this up and you were trying to do it at a time when people didn't understand what you mm-hmm. were trying to do. Mm-hmm. So how did you get past all the, you know, because Nigerians are very interesting people. Now, the if they don't understand something, <laughs> their very first instinct is to hate on it, to put it down just because mm-hmm. they don't understand this. Mm-hmm. It's like they're afraid to open themselves up to the possibility that you know, there is more to life than all that you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm Nigerian, so this is not me trying to bring our people down. Mm-hmm. For those who are watching outside of mm-hmm. Nigeria, mm-hmm. this is me just saying what it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I grew up also existing in a space where but when know, my brand started, because people were like, why is she just so out there? Why should she, you know, instead of embracing the fact that, wait, this person is... Exposure is a huge part of that, mm-hmm. though. Exposure is a huge part of that. Now you see that Nigerians are changing because of exposure, access to the internet, access to, you know, the global web. Mm. You know, they, they're able to see that it, they are different. People are different. Do you understand that? They're different are they types. Accepting the, no, I think it's what, in my case, so. I think what it is, is you do you and the world eventually adjust. Yeah, that's accepting. I think at some point it's like, you know, what we can say what we can say about this girl. She's going nowhere. Then they are now curious as to what exactly mm-hmm. is this because it's a success. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you had moments oh, where absolutely. I think I think for up. me, for me, um, education was played a huge part in it. I studied international business management at the University of Wolverhampton, which is one of the best business schools in the Midlands, and um, I learned a lot during that process organically because I come from an entrepreneurial family. Mm. You know, my mother has been an entrepreneur her life. My father has also been as well. You know, and I've seen them become very, very successful. 
and I've also seen them fail, right? So I understand both sides of the spectrum. You know, I've had days, of t- t- we've had time in our lives when we're flying first class and we've had time in our life when Momsi will be like, we might have to take a bus. Do you understand? Where you have gone up and come back down and then you have to, you know, so I've learned that, right? And so I know that life always comes with its ups and downs and you have to learn to save for the rainy day. It's like what Noah's Ark was trying to teach us about like, you know, um, saving yeah, up for the flood. that's what it was. Yeah, you know, and so for me, um, um, I go in and I, I think when, one of the things that also helped for me was reading this book called The Secret. Mm. When I was in uni, in my second year, I, my, my cousin introduced me to a book called The Secret. If you haven't read it, you should absolutely go and read the book. And it was talking about the law of attraction, mm. right? And it also talks about intentionality. And one of the things that I took from that book was taking the first step and not worrying about um, the end. Just take the first step. And as you take more steps, you'll gradually start to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And as you take more steps, that light will get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And then it will just be a whole light, you know? And so I took that into little practices, right? Um, for example, I, 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 I became the um, uh, ACS president of my university mm. and I didn't know how, but I took the first step. Mm. And as I took more steps in that direction, got I got, it got clearer and got clearer and got clearer. The same thing applied with my, my business in uni called Chicken Guy. Mm. I didn't know how it was going to work, but I took the first step. I put the chicken in the bag, seasoned this, I put it in the bag and I told it to the first person and I took the money from that one and bought two more and I sold it to, t- to two more people. And then I kept growing from that and I learned those little steps along the way. Now, when I moved back to Nigeria um, and my mother, I, I, was, I helped my mother open the restaurant, right? But then she stepped back. She didn't really want to do it. She just wanted to own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So she did the investment part of it. And I put in my, my, my money where my mouth is because my mother always say, put your money where your mouth is, you know? And then I also so started she, all you running. Bear the risk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so she, you know that something's at risk for you, mm-hmm. you know? And then also um, what they call it, um, working, in the, working in the path, you know? At the time, you know, a lot of people didn't understand this. Like, ah, 21-year-old guy. But then I had to go around telling people I was 28 Mm. so that they can take me seriously. Mm. Now, that restaurant failed. In two and a half years, we had to pack it up and lost everything that we had put in. You know, Um, at that time, you would feel like, uh, you know, it's all over. It's all over. I remember one of those times where you had this whole meltdown on Twitter. I remember it was at that point when I think the restaurant had failed and you were just sick and tired of sick it Sick and tired of, like it, of it all, you know, and, and people were owing me and that was why it failed because uh, I had a lot of people, friends would come, they'll buy drinks, they'll pay up, all of that, you know, and, but what I did again was I came back and I came back stronger with mm. Cookie Jar, you know, um, and again, took one step. I started baking 12 cookies in an oven at a time. Valentine's Day came I took more orders than I could handle. I took two days to deliver some people's cookies. Sorry to those people who got their cookies. <laughs> <laughs> who got their cookies Valentine's February imagine, 16. Imagine ordering for Valentine's and it's two days later arrived. Thank God. Thankfully, some of them were my friends, so they understood. Like, mm. they, I, I, you know, I, always, I was always proactive with like telling you, oh, this is what's happening. Mm. And Nigerian factor will happen. The lights will have, that's the day that lights are having Generic issues, stuff. all of that. You know, but I was able to take that and invest in the business mm-hmm. and, you know, and, you know, get a bigger oven and then grow it and grow it and grow it. But necessity always ends up being the mother of invention. 
when I moved out of 1004, you know what made me move out of 1004? And ended up getting two, two locations, one on Admiralty Way and one off Admiralty Way as my production house. I got a red letter, a letter that says, cease and desist. This place is not a place of business. You're not allowed to do this here anymore. It has become, it was okay at the beginning, mm-hmm. but now it has become mm-hmm. like people are always coming here. And security, my neighbors are like yeah, security race, yeah, this, this, that, yeah. that. So I had two weeks. To pack out. Listen, in two weeks, Moya, Kaka, I spoke to everybody. <laughs> Kaka, I found money. Kaka, we have rented, rented, done this, done that. Done. And you were done. I love your always ready to do attitude. I feel like in a world where a lot of young people have crazy ideas and crazy, you know, I want to do this. The, I, do I know that. what I always say. The crazier an idea, the better. I think so. That, the, what you think you should not do, that mm-hmm. is what you absolutely should you be do. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because guess what? The ones, the people who break the bank are those who are disruptors. You have to have the audacity. Mm. At the time when I did what I did in the, uh, like when I started in in LA, even when I started with Cookie Jar, how many bakeries were open in Cookie Jar? You had cakes and cream. You had cakes by Tosan. You only had like the, you didn't have young people open. Now, how many young people have bakeries? But somebody always has to play that risk game. The same thing with catering. When I went into catering, I was doing catering the way I was doing it. Nobody, everyone was saying, ah, what are you doing? Garnish, garnish, garnish. Now, Mm. see, open the floodgates for Everyone, Everyone, people who, yeah. has, who has studied abroad have come back and seen that uh, uh, Shea Errol studied abroad too now. He's living well. That means it's possible for me to live well under food. And mm-hmm. yes, food business is absolutely oh, no, 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 no. good There's so much money business. in food business. People like you just have to stay consistent. Mm. That's the thing about food business. It does not start overnight. Mm. You have to put in the work. You have to learn the ropes and you have to be there mm. to monitor and protect it mm. because otherwise... Once, yeah. one, it takes it takes as much as one case of food poisoning to lose your integrity. To be honest, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how do you, um, you know, quality control ah, and the risk factor first, of we don't the risk play. factor of people coming to your restaurant? Because I've eaten in certain places and I wouldn't go back there because I've had crazy experiences. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, nah. Especially places in Nigeria where they would to say. Um, medium rail, well done. I said, please, when I'm home, it's well done. No, I beg, I can't afford to get food poisoning. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Abroad, you can be like, yeah, medium rare with your steak. I know that at least what you're eating, you can you can bank on. So how have you been able to sort of um, check and balance all of that? I think it all starts with integrity. Yeah. It starts with integrity. And I think that's the success of any business really and truly is to be to have integrity. To have integrity, not just for your customers, but also for your employees. Because you're only as good as them. If they're unhappy, it's going to show. Do you train? Do you get people from... Everyone everyone that we bring in mostly doesn't know anything about what we're doing. So Mm. we have to train. As a matter of fact, I prefer those. I prefer those that don't already have bad habits that they've been taught. Mm. You know, I like the fresh off the boat, you know, so I can... It's like you, you can see the enthusiasm and you see them learn quickly because, you know, those people, they have, there's so much passion and drive, and especially in the young, you know, Nigerians, you know, they're, they're all trying to do something new, you know. So um, integrity and then just, and integrity is what now leads into choosing quality over quantity. You know, there were times in my business where, you know, I saw my, my procurement people looking to choose quantity over quality. And I always told them, this thing is going to backfire. Mm. Do you understand? I'd rather we know that this is the quality that we are sticking to. And this is the price that we are paying. People have to pay for it. And the people that can afford it, pay for it. it. The ones that cannot afford it, they have stronger stomach. Mm-hmm. Because I cannot mix them. 
your stomach and the stomach of somebody that's gone, there are two different stomachs. Yes. Do you understand? So if I mix the two of you and I give you the quality of the streets, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. You know? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so we have to choose our battle. Yeah. And I like, like how ba- you put it as some people have strong stomachs. Yeah. Because you know they will say, I don't know the kill African man. Mm. It's different types of African man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is the wildest, like, event you've had to host and you know working on that pressure because you talk about loads of billionaires who you cater to their private dining <sighs> and dinners and events um and i know how some of them can be like you know the pressure can be real do you have any crazy experiences from either the food was running late or you know basically how you handle the pressure on a dinner nights <sighs> Let me see if I can think of one in particular. <laughs> that, yes, Let me give you this gist. As a matter of fact, this was my last big dinner before I took the trip to Italy. Are you serious? So, um, time he was the Senate president, right? He was hosting a dinner for the ambassador in Abuja, the ambassador of Nigeria to of America to Nigeria. Yeah. I was hired to come and cater this dinner. I had flown in with my vacuum seal. So mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I started a brand called Fresh Prep by Eros. Yeah. And what Fresh Prep by Eros allowed me to do was to backwardly integrate my kitchen. Mm. So all the things like g- ginger paste, onion paste, garlic paste, my spices, our marinades, we'll put them in the vacuum seal bags and we'll vacuum seal them, which basically sucks out all the air mm. out of the bags and doesn't allow bacteria to grow. Mm. So that way you can travel with it. Wow. So we do that, then we freeze it, mm-hmm. right? And what you get when you put it in the freezer and when, you, when it comes out is exactly the same, mm. intact. So we did that. Put it, in a suit, put it in suitcases, put ice packs around it. Myself, two of my chefs, and one of my assistants, we flew into Abuja. So food has arrived. Mm. We got a friend, a chef friend of mine in Abuja, you know, God rest his soul. Chef Mecca. Chef Mecca. Mm. We used this kitchen, we put everything, secured everything. Okay, now event is tomorrow. As we're leaving Lagos, day two we're leaving Lagos on, a, on our van. Mm. Our van was leaving Lagos with all the plates. You know me, I do serenere. I have wooden bowl, I have mm. wooden box, I have calabash, I have adugan, I have all these things. Uh, pots and pans, everything on the bus, plantain. I'm not going to be carrying plantain on the flights. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, yam! Oh, yeah, now, they are coming on the way, they are coming on the way. Six o'clock, we have landed, we have loaded. Where are you? Ah, Yes, they're on the way, they're on the way, they're on the way. Eight o'clock, where are you? Ah, they said the bus broke down. No, they are fixing it. They found somebody, they are fixing it. Ten o'clock, where are you? They said they are just about to pass Bini. Twelve o'clock, what's in the accident? Ah, they said the car just fell inside the ditch. I said, what do you mean? It just fell inside the ditch. Say he does not understand. The car just did like this. I, I, I said, are you, can you people bring the car out of the ditch? Say, yes, they're working on it. They worked on it the whole night. They had three accidents in one night. Listen, these people did not arrive in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning, I'm like, plates. Well, what are we going to do? Start calling around from a friend of mine who owns an event company in um, Wedding Guru, Christine Ogbe, to Chef Emeka. That's all of us running up and down, collecting plates, Collecting bowls, collecting spoon, collecting knife, collecting pots. 
eh? Go into the market, go and bring plantain, go and bring yam. Go, hey, they forgot this, so they should go and buy me salts. Ah, it's okay. Maybe what? Do you know when my things arrived? We have started serving first course. That's when these people finally arrived. Imagine if we had waited. Just by the, the, the front of the house didn't know anything that was happening. Yeah, but course. I remember since my sis Moji Akinkumi was just like, Tulu, just breathe, just calm down, just pray. God will have, God has got you. Mm. Never has he ever let you down. Mm. Uh-uh. See, Obey listen. Uh-uh. Okay. Mommy. Hey. I said, Mommy, oh yeah. Pray. Oh yeah. Open the heavens. Lift up your heads, oh ye gates. You've been lifted up, you everlasting doors. Eh? You cannot embarrass me. You cannot embarrass me. The sun never spies me by day, nor the moon by night. Sure, what? Listen, that dinner went so well, eh? That I'm sure even asking you for your uh, clothes. Yes, like, now, yeah, uh, where did you get this one from? I say, if you know. Even gossip, I remember the charcuterie board that we had uh, done. The board that we ended up using was better than the board that was coming from, from, from Lagos. From Lagos. Listen, that's when you know that, eh? on, yeah. you know, when you have to, you have to stay steadfast, you have mm-hmm. to stay prayerful. You mm-hmm. also have to just keep moving. No matter what the, the, me, I'm going through something right now. Eh? Mm. I cannot really disclose. Ah, no, no. Kofile, Kofile. Some people are shaking my body. Means I will shake, they are shaking, they are shaking ourselves. We are dragging ourselves. A child of light cannot be shaking. They can only try. They can only try. It's only a setback. I said, and I said it to my friend at that today. I said, this, this, the anger that I'm using to go back to LA, this, Said, but it's to push, push forward. forward. It's like yeah. being in a swimming pool yeah. and being at the corner yeah. and using the wall of the swimming pool to push, to push yourself, yourself forward. forward. Yeah. 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 So, well, that's how that event went through. No, went through. I, I like yeah. that you shared that because, you know, I'm, I was saying to Timisa three days ago that I'm in a very interesting place at the start of the year. And I find myself thanking God now for not answering so many prayers. You know, sometimes you don't know that you're not ready for something. You know what I mean? I saw something that just made sense. It says you're asking God for a rose when he wants to give you the garden. Mm -hmm. And that shit made so much sense in my life. Because, you know, this was, I remember when I was turning 29. And this year I turned 39. And I remember the excitement that went into 29 was because it was almost like we couldn't wait till we're 30. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we felt like life was truly going to begin. My 20s, I don't really even remember. I felt like 20s was just a rubbish yeah. set of years. <laughs> They're just doing rubbish. rubbish. So turning 30 was an affirmation that, okay, I am now a young woman. I am, and I remember like going into um, um, 29, feeling like, okay, my radio career had started. I was... I was, yeah, like I, I practically said in my 30s, was I? Yeah, ending of my 29th, because I remember I got married January 15th. I never really desired marriage. It was something I said three weeks before that, you know what, God, I actually, I actually want to marry before I'm 30. Not because I feel like that's the time frame for, for people that are watching or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, it would be nice for this to happen. And it happened. You know, and then turning 39 this year, I felt accomplished with work. I felt like great with everything I'd been doing. But there was some sort of fear that I think the enemy tried to introduce to me. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like, you see, when from turning 29, you still have many years to make mm-hmm. mistakes. You would, now when you're, turning, now when you're turning 39, you're like, they say <laughs> life truly begins at 40 or yes. more. This solid year you're entering, you have 12 months to have one or two, three things that you think that must happen before 40. And I was just anxious for nothing. Do you know what mm. I mean? Just anxious for nothing. It got so bad that I was just like, you know, Lord, I'm just tired of, you know, just being anxious for these things. And if I tell you that 
that thing called alignment, mm-hmm. the way my life has so aligned to mm-hmm. his will. Mm-hmm. These days, I don't, people, I don't worry about anything. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like, as you said, he will always look after his yes. own. You know, um, it's really a hard prayer to say, let your will be done. Damn. You know why it is such a hard prayer? Because a lot of us do not, we want what we want. We are afraid that what we want is not God's I started feeling like maybe will. God doesn't give good gifts. I started feeling, you know how you start thinking, you know you dream in your mind. You know, I think God can, I, I don't think that he would go that big. You know, you start to limit him with your own. Mm-hmm. Listen, I remember, like, <laughs> I remember, and now it's funny because you said this and you also used the word rose and the garden. So in 2021, whilst I was still on holiday, I was looking at, things that I would like to do mm. while I'm in America. And I saw Coachella and I saw that they normally would have like food at Coachella. So then I started pressing to have a food truck at mm. Coachella. Pressing, pressing. I didn't get it. Upset. Do you know what God did the next year? So that food truck, take it as the rose. Do you know what God gave me the next year? The whole garden. I hosted a dinner at the Rose Garden in Coachella. That's the VIP mm. dining area that's created for the people who have bought the highest grade of ticket at Coachella. Now, what also God did was he embarrassed me. So the Rose Garden has been going, the dinners have been going on for years, mm. right? For the first time, the Rose Garden sold out. And we sold out the Rose Garden in one week. Imagine while you were crying about this food truck. Anyone who is listening, if you are worried about anything, work and just always remember Full that there is always yeah. God gave yeah. me a three hundred and twenty-five people fine dining experience in the Rose Garden. Amazing! No, he blows my mind Where these days. Food truck. I had to, to even pay to, to pay be there. This one, yes. they flew me in, gave me all the wristbands plus my friends. We carried ourselves together, give us accommodation. It's exactly what I was saying, the anxiety this year. Three weeks ago, when I look back on how anxious I was at the start of the year and what is happening in my life right now, I just fall on my knees each time and I say, thank you, Lord. For when I was being silly, for when I walked out on you, for when I felt like because you didn't answer this one prayer, you were not good. I am Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. You know what he reminded me of? I said this to Temisa. I said, I remember when I was leaving one situation and... I was afraid because I felt, you know, my life was thrown out to the public. Like it was me just literally trying to not die mm-hmm. during that period. And I remember one day, I stepped out of the shower and I looked to the heavens and I said to God, as long as you're in heaven and as long as you are real, we're now going to have this fact that Lord, I am stepping out in faith. I would never beg. I would never borrow. Mm-hmm. I would I would lend to nations. Mm-hmm. I know what it reminded me about three a couple of weeks ago, I've never had to call anyone to say, I beg, money, money to the end of the month. It has never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Little things that he hears. It has, I've yeah. never, yeah. I'm, I don't even know how to say, how he does it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm worried, just as you said about mm-hmm. the garden, he just does it in such a way that I'm just like, I knew that was you. So I've learned alignment, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, to the will of mm-hmm. God. So that prayer of, let your will be done. It's mm-hmm. tough, oh. It's tough. Ah, because your one hand wants to be on the steering wheel. You want to be like, Lord, you're not on this edge. You don't, I, you don't know what I see. <laughs> God will be telling you, you don't know where 
don't know what I have planned for you. I see, but if this doesn't work out, where am I going to go? Plan for you. He has big, big plans for us. I'm super duper proud of you. I know how much, you know, you are also very grounded in the word and how much you love God. And I, I like the fact that you always carry that with you wherever you go. Like I have the coolest friends, like they are amazing at every different feel than their crap but they still are humbled by the love of God mm. and I think that's so amazing like yeah. even the way you dress these days I swear I'm, every time I see how you talked about this and you're doing it yeah you know it's all it's been so great to be back home for, for this period of time because you know LA is a crazy city it is if you're I... not strong in LA mm. you're gonna lose yourself mm. not joker seriously and um, you know I found myself getting, staring far, further and further away from God. Mm-hmm. You know, always excuses as to why I didn't go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Always excuses as to why I didn't wake up. And, but we, go, we watch online, right? I haven't done that one yet. I haven't done that one yet. I feel like I have a different religion. I have a personal religion. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. I'm not saying that you have to go to church. I'm just saying like, just for me personally, I just felt like, you know, I needed, I needed a little more mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, and, in LA, you're literally just going, 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 it's going, going, race. non-stop, yeah. non-stop. It's yeah. like moving. And it's not as bad as New York. I don't know. I could never live in New York. I could never live in New York. I hate New oh York. Oh my God, I can't. It's too much. I went there it's recently. Way I went too much. It's way too much. Like, like I can do it, but one week, two weeks max. Even one week, I'm I was gone. tired. It's just too much. I know everyone is running. When everyone we were is younger, like, we loved it. Yeah, yeah, I because you, you had the energy to be running up and down. Who wants to be entering inside the ground? Especially with this with this COVID, uh, <laughs> don't worry. Go to New York, spend two weeks in New York, and no use underground. After a while, you're underground. Your 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 wallet is underground. <laughs> eh? New York Uber is rude. I leave. Rude. I know. What? I know. It's crazy. Listen, you spend a whole flight ticket in one week, and just you know Ubers in New York. But anyway, um, coming back home, um, aside from just strengthening my relationship with God, I also felt like I needed to put my my foot in the soil. Mm. Because you, know, you know you don't want to also be so distant. No, you don't. Absolutely you not. And this is my be, home. Yeah. I need to make that very like this is my home. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I couldn't like I can have houses anywhere in the world, but this Nigeria, Nigeria is going cost, to be the center. Yes. Like the house here is the yes. main house. Yes. All the other ones are literally branches. just branches. <laughs> These are headquarters. Yeah. And that's the truth. Even my structure of my business is Lagos is our headquarters. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. New York is our a commercial uh, uh, you know, corporate office mm-hmm. and LA is our entertainment space. Mm. Literally, that's how the business is structured now, you know. And but coming home, so this year, you know, I opened the uh, um, the public restaurant in Cover City, Ilay Bistro, and that was a test of concept. Obviously, we couldn't tell anyone it was a test of concept; they, they won't take it seriously, right? Mm. So we we're, we're going into raising funds to open a restaurant that like was uh, could stand in the same space as a Chipotle or Cava, mm. you know, multiple Chipotle. restaurants all over that, mm. right? And um, we were, were seeking investment and even I needed to answer the question of how, mm. you know, how is this going to work? Who the target audience going to be? What would the numbers look like? What were products that would be, look like? So we had to create the restaurant. So we did. Um, Ilay Bistro, it was so stressful, you know, just so stressful because I didn't have an operator. So I was doing a lot of things myself, you know, Thankfully, I had a, a you know, a, I have a fantastic manager, mm. uh, JG, um, Jibola Yodele, great guy who's been all be able to hold my hands through a lot of, you know, things. My assistant, Anthony, a great guy. Great. When I say great, great guy, you know, mm. um, 
you know, even him at one point, just like, you know what, Eros, I can't do this anymore. This yeah. is sure it's way too it's much. Too, it's just too it's much. Too you know, but we, we needed to stick it out for six months and we did. And then we put it on pause whilst we're now going to, you know, our seed funding round, you know. Um, but, but the whole year, I struggled to write a new menu. Hmm. Struggled. Every time I tried to write a menu, there was just not that inspiration coming through. I, I came back home and I kid you not, by my second day, I'd written a menu, menu already. That's what this place in does this, to you. In this time that I've been here, I've written four menus. Four menus. Mm. Just something about the energy. The first menu was called, it's called I Miss the Chaos. And it's telling the story of, you know, how you can find love, joy, and laughter and miss the, the yeah. chaos of, yeah. of Lagos. And that's what, that's what it is living here. We, we Nigerians are the most incredible people on mm-hmm. planet Earth. Mm-hmm. I tell people only Nigerians will make jokes about things that should make us cry. Yes. We just can't be put down. Like we find our people, you hear a Scorpio, a, a animal eats money. And before the end of the day, there are memes you know about what I call it? I call people it, I, are laughing about it. People are like, do you know what I mean? The economy is wiring everybody. Mm-hmm. But even in it. Even in it, we're still balling. We're still balling. Can you imagine? Nigeria see the turn up now. Oh, see the turn up. Don't get punished me last week. Eh? What? You had a good time. I yeah, did you, have a good time. You know, I had a cut on my leg. I didn't know where, where I got that. Of course, now the turn up was too much. One of those nights where you blank out and you can't remember <laughs> half of the night. We turned ah, up. Ah, that turn up was serious. I was in bed all day the next day. I couldn't move. Oh, man. You know, um, I, I say that Nigeria and Lagos in particular is the ugliest, most beautiful city in the world. I agree. I agree. The chaos, the chaos, the yeah. chaos. Is the Ugliest, <laughs> most beautiful. We, with yeah. our spirits, make it beautiful. Uh, come and see the houses. Enter banana and tell me that those houses. How many places do you have houses like this in, in, in the world? As in, it's amazing. You know, it is. But I love Cape Town too. I, I mean, Cape Town is beautiful. Cape Town Cape is always Town a vibe. Is it, is. it is. I feel different. What are your favorite cities in the world? Um, you know, I tell people my favorite city in the whole world is Paris. Paris has a vibe, Sean. I, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm sitting with the culture attaché to, 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 to dinner tomorrow. You, and I'm, just, we're talking about like how, how we're going to bring that cross-cultural relationship yeah. between Nigeria. Because there, there, there aren't any there, like yeah. up-end, yeah. high-end Nigerian restaurants in Paris yeah. yet. So we're hoping to be able to do something uh, you amazing. Know, there you, you go. Know? I think you should actually tap into that space. Mm-hmm, because absolutely. I absolutely... Paris is so me. Mm-hmm. I would love Christmas with family. Mm-hmm. But I would always do this for years. From January 2nd till the 8th, mm. I'll be in Paris by myself. There's nothing like walking to a cafe and reading a book pa- outside. But Paris is great to do on your own. On your own. You have so much It's the one place that I personally can do on, on my, my own. own. Just on your own. I don't need, yeah. And you're just sitting down. And I love how like the, the cafes it's are facing the road. Yeah, sitting people watching. watching. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's designed for people watching. Hours. And you're like with your nice glass of wine, your book, and half the time you're just watching people. I love it. Yeah. Apart from Paris, uh, where else do I love? Let me see. <sighs> you know when you've been around so much that you can't even think Paris will always be at the top of my list but where mm. else does it for me that I would say Cape Town I would yeah. say I like Cape Town yeah. mine, mine would definitely be Cape Town I Cape like Cape Town, Town. Is like one of my there's favorites. something about Cape Town mm-hmm. I have love Los been, Angeles have you been to Port of Elizabeth no in I South haven't. Africa you should it's also it's, even, it's so European it gives me like a 
Spain, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's really beautiful. Cape Town for me is, is one of, I love the houses, as you said. Yeah. I just love the vibe. I just love the fact that you can be there and you're like, I'm, I'm in Africa. This mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been very interesting. It has been. It has I been. love you. I love you, you too, Every baby. time we talk, this is it. This, see how we just started talking about sissies. Mm-hmm. Me and Eros will start from one conversation. <laughs> we'll finish it. We'll finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, why, why did you not get any any wine now? No, because I, I I've had so much alcohol in the last two oh, okay, weeks that that's I, true. you wanted some wine. No, I'm just kidding. Are you sure? I don't drink. <laughs> you should have seen him. You should have seen him in the clubs. That's where we had to do this. Yeah. And then he wrote to my phone two p.m. to a reminder. <laughs> Whoa, we're drunk. I'm like, yeah, just write it, just write it. And then I woke up. I was like, yeah, okay, to do list. Let's make that happen. But I'm super duper proud of you. Thank you. I know the beginning because our career sort of kicked off at the same time, mm-hmm. and I know how difficult it was because we were playing in the field where. People weren't used to the things we were bringing mm-hmm. to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when a lot of people owe you money, when people didn't think they would respect the craft of a chef. Because mm-hmm. why? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a lot of, you know, companies would exploit you guys and just say, come on, do this, come on, do that. And people just didn't understand why they should respect the chef. Yeah. But you've done the work. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone wants to have this huge event. They're thinking, let's just get a chef. Let's just mm-hmm. do this with a chef, which is yeah. amazing. And one thing I do want people to realize is that chefs are not just about fine dining. Right. So my business, for example, doesn't just do fine dining. We do canapes as well, which are small bites, which is what I guess we call small chops. Mm. Right. And canapes don't just have to be, oh, small chops don't have to be just puff puff and spring rolls and samosas. You know, they can be a whole bunch of other things. Right. And then there's also bowls as well. And we do plated food as well. Like Mm. not everything has to be like, the thing that you would expect from a chef though, is that the quality of what you would get would be very different from someone who's just slapping things together. Mm. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Chef Eros, on Talking Moments, guys, I told you this season has been very diverse with our guests. And I love that you, this was such a wholesome conversation. I wasn't worried because I knew that every time we meet, this is exactly mm-hmm. what we do anyway. Mm-hmm. So when next time in LA, I would definitely, but you're coming back for for For, for Christmas. Christmas again, but I'll be back again in LA in, in January. But yeah, the I mean, next year is going to be a lot of traveling for me. Mm-hmm. The truth is the next year is really a lot of traveling. Um, taking the cuisine around the world, you know, so we're working. Well, we're I mean, working how did I forget to mention that things. you're Jennifer Hudson's favorite jello fries? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 you know, that whole, that happened on, on the opening of Ile Bistro, as a matter really? of fact. It was a very serendipitous moment. And then you sent jello fries to her on her show. Yes. And yes, she talked about yeah, it. She came, she came as well. She's come, she's come a number of times as mm. well, you know, and we celebrate with her. You know, um, we love, we love Jennifer Hudson. She's, she's amazing. Um, and, and also shout out to Falake because Falake is who, who actually made, you know, Falake, um, Falake, Bob Hatta Bishola. Have you seen the show? Bob Hatta Bishola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Falake is actually the one who made. Wedding that I, yeah. yeah, She made the the connection. Mm. You know, uh, big thank you to everyone who has supported us throughout this whole journey. It's Mm. definitely been, you know, quite the journey. And there's so much more to look forward to. Um, I know that the the people in like Paris are saying, when are you coming? People in London, when are you coming? We're definitely coming. Mm. Um, We just need to, you know, Set set a lot of things aligned, you know, especially when it comes to being in Nigeria. And this is our green passport just to follow around. I know, but we're working on it. We're working on this. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. Make sure you're tuning to the next episode of Toka Moments. Until then, my name has always and will always remain the same. It's Toka Makiwa. Chat with you. Thank later. you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.